Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hall, bringing you some clips from our best Red Men Plus content from the past week or so. I always say this, but just to let you know, every show that you're going to hear clips from is available in full, both in video and in podcast forms, over on redmenplus.com. If you go over there and sign up from as little as a five and a month to get all these shows and our upcoming Roberto Firmino docu-series, episode one, is out for free next week on the 20th. 23rd. At the exact same time, episode two will be available for all Redmen Plus subscribers. So get yourselves over to Redmen Plus, sign up, and yet get all this great content in your ears, right? And speaking of great content, it was the Bias Football Podcast. Me, Chris, Chloe, and Dan had a big old chat about Man United and Everton's goalkeepers. It was nice not to be talking about Liverpool and transfers for a little bit. We took our eyes off it and our ears off it, and we talked about United and Everton instead. Pickford, De Gea, fill your boots. Reports in mean, talk sports are putting this out there. I mean, take that out face value, whatever you want to do with it. But then, um, Man United is ready to move for Everton's Jordan Pickford, regardless if David Hayes stays or leaves. Again, I'll give him a lift. Pickford, and that's brilliant for Manchester United and Liverpool. Take him, He's shite. I am not a huge fan. I'm not sure. No, it's but what, again, it's the modern goalkeeper. I think. That, I think. Are we, are we? Are we? Are we all in on Pickford's not a modern goalkeeper? By I, the way, I don't. I, is this? I, I take a he with that. He's not. He's not a modern goalkeeper. He whammies the ball dead <laughs> hard. But I'm not sure how great a passer he is. Um, personally, you, well, what I would say is that he comes off his line and David Hay can't kick. No, he's better than the Yeah, he's better, he's better at that. Yeah. It feels like that one. That what I'm saying. What I was going to say, Dan, is that. They're maybe negating a bit of the shot stoppery stuff, although even you know David De Gea mm. wasn't exactly flawless at that last season as well. The West Ham goal was I mean, shocking. Yeah, exactly. Pickford yeah. has got saves in him. Yeah, he's very inconsistent. Again, he's another one who's got the clanger in him. But yeah, listen, I think he's. I think he's for me. Jay, if we're going to be honest, like I know we we love to criticise Everton, anything to do with him here, obviously. For me, I think at Pickford, if it's sort of in his vicinity sort of instinctively actually think he's very good at that sort of stuff when he's got to react quickly and it's right in, in his ballpark if you like obviously his main issue and again I'm not even doing this for a laugh like is if it's in the top corner because he isn't that big <laughs> like I'm not I'm not like that no, is you're just, not doing it for a laugh but like but you, still get a, you still get a laugh because how many times do you see when they conceded the goal that I was gone in top in somewhere you know, and it's just him sprawling yeah, but his arm's like one foot. <laughs> but it's right though, like he isn't that big for a goalkeeper. It's he's a simple fact of life. He's not a big bloke. And that is a problem. When you're a keeper, I would rather my keeper, Allison's height, I don't want him much bigger than that, because then you get to the realms of ridiculousness, quite frankly. But six foot three, that sort of height. Hey, he's six four, and then on that one, Chloe, I was gonna like I the 
Ray artillery swing, I think that is a big upgrade. This doesn't feel like a big upgrade. I, I, it feels like you are. I don't know. You know, like on FIFA or something, like you put one set. She of knows points, FIFA. You do. Well, like, like <laughs> no, you know, like his one set of points goes up on the distribution, but the saves one goes down, yeah. and exactly the same rate of goalkeeper. They're just different at different things. I think Ray is better at a lot of things than the least. I'm surprised at this story. Is that there's talk that he might keep you know, the Hale might be off the new contract as well, which I find I can't get my head around. I think he's Man United's biggest problem actually. David De Gea. They've got issues elsewhere on the pitch. Don't get me wrong, and the, the squad isn't amazing. They need a striker badly, but there's no surprise. I don't think that Man United aren't really challenging just yet. When the two most important positions on the pitch they haven't got right, the goalkeeper's bad and they haven't got a striker. Well, well, you know what I mean. Fair play to Ten Hag. We're getting them third with that. With that as well, by the way. Like, if they had one or the other, they might be a bit more of a force. I I I don't understand the logic of pick the hair go and pick for coming in. It feels like like say. If it's a sideways step, just you know, just different issues. You're losing a bit of shot stopping. You might be gaining a bit of something on the ball, but it's not enough really. For, for I don't think either of them are good enough to play for Man United. I don't know what your thoughts are. No, everyone. I mean, it's obviously the ethos, but I don't really Pickford as much as as everyone else. He's he's made to look brilliant because of how many shots is actually on on goal a lot of them should be saveable he does make things look spectacular and some saves are ridiculously can I, good can I cut across you there he's fucking weird yeah yeah, yeah. Strange, he's, he's weird he like when he saves things and he's just he starts moving like fucking D'Lo Brown he's do you remember the Newcastle away, away? when just... they were 2-0 up and he was getting the bigger on the way mm. off and he drew 2-2 uh, yeah. he's, oh. just, he's just he's just weird like he, he Every, he, he just shouts at everyone all the time. Like, I don't know, I'd, I'd hate to be fucking... There's something like, there. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what you're... Yeah. He's just a weird bloke as well. Yeah, I mean, his main attribute is booting a ball out of play 40 yards down the other end of the pitch. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what Man United need, but I'm all for it if that's what they go for because it makes them worse. I think the problem with... Pickford is going into a team in which you're facing less shots who Mm. are a lot better you're now going to be criticised even more because your focus has got to be there it might be the fact that you're facing less uh, shots coming your way but that one time someone breaks Mm. You've, you've got to save it. You've got to be good enough to the point where Alisson, where Liverpool can dominate a game, but saves two massive chances throughout that entire game and saves the points for you. I'm not sure Pickford does that. I think he can lose concentration. I think he thinks he's absolutely insane. I think he loves himself far too much. And maybe you do need that as a goalkeeper because of the criticism you face and also the fact that you it's a very lonely position when things go wrong for you. But he also makes some horrific mistakes as well. Um, um, and if if he goes to Manchester United, I will be all for that. Yeah, he's. I think he's a good goalkeeper. Actually, I think you know cards on the table, no messing around. I think he is a good goalkeeper. He's not a great goalkeeper. David Hayes a good goalkeeper. David Hayes a good goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where I sort of fall yeah. down on it. And if you want someone who plays out from the back, you've got your wrong man. It, what it says to me actually is that the scouting at Manchester United is poor. Because if this is the best that you can come up with when you've been probably planning for... Ten Hag's probably been planning for this for a year. And the best you've sort of drummed up is Pickford, really. Like, there's no there's no goalkeeper in another league that you think, I can nurture him and I can play into it. You know, there's no other one in the Premier that you think, we could do better here. I tell you what, if I'd, if if you'd asked me about Pope, 
and Pickford. I'd much rather mm. have Newcastle's goalkeeper, yeah. to be honest with you. He, he has moments of madness. Do you remember Everton at home? And it, I don't know where he's got off to. I think Darwin Nunes has put a ball in. Yeah, and he's gone off the left-hand side outside the box. And Mo Salah's just stood here from post and taps it in. He's got moments of absolute madness in him, does Jordan Pickford. And that is something that you need to stop because you need to, first of all, the goalkeeper gives confidence to the defence. If you've got a goalkeeper who makes mistakes like that or just runs out of positions, is never correct in, in where he needs to be, then it's not going to fill the rest of the team with confidence. It's also, like I mentioned, it's big moments that he's, if he goes to Manchester United, every save is on a different level of magnitude than it was for, for Everton. It just is. You're at a different standard now. And if he's... And look, he's, he's really good at shot-stopping. But when he has time to think about it, he, he just loses his mind a is little bit. Is it a wages thing, maybe, Dan? Because, like, David Hayes on big, though. Huge. You might, and yeah. you might take a sideways step, but you might knock underground a week off, the, off your wage bill. Maybe it's that. Because, by the way, Dean Henderson's still knocking about. Mm. And there's talk that he might he might make the move to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Which is strange as well, because he didn't play, he did he, back in the season? He got injured. I know, but he won't be Navas. He's not being Kaylar Navas for me, though. But Navas will leave, won't he? You think so? I mean, I don't know. He stayed up, didn't he? So. Who knows where we're at? But yeah, it's a strange one though with Pickford. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And like you all said, for me, it's very much a sideways step. Navas was only on loan, though, wasn't he? From up for us, so maybe, maybe well, they can go and okay. get him. But I'd, I'd argue, I'd, I'd argue, Pickford is actually slightly a downward step from David De Gea, ever so slightly. It makes, I, I, I agree to an extent, but I guess if I, I guess so frustrated at goalies who don't come off the box. Mm. I, people, this is going back. I've had this conversation on a few shows in the past, but like. Everyone used to tell me how good Shea Given was all the time. He's one of the best goalies in the world. He's brilliant. He was like, he never out a six yard box. No. Like, it, 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 it's a. That's, he played in teams, though. That's that so desperate. But it's so detrimental to your team. Of mm. course, you make loads of saves when you're in your goal all the time. Yeah. But the reason you face. The reason Man United face so many shots is because David De Gea isn't doing the sweeper keeper yeah. stuff, really. But there's been loads of times this season where Jordan Pickford has done the keeper sweeper thing. And in fact, I can remember one at Goodison. He comes out, he sweeps the ball, he kicks it about five yards to their yeah. striker, and the striker puts it past oh, the post. It was Jamie Vardy. Was it Jamie, Jamie Vardy? Vardy? yeah. yeah. And it's like, he does yeah. that. Yeah. Like, he just he literally gets a rush of blood to the head and he's like, whoa! And your point, Chloe, your point, Chloe, about him not facing as much, not being as busy, yeah. he'll get inside his own head for 80 minutes he'll, and he'll then if he calls upon and the there'll be a problem. Him. I'm so God. certain. The, the one thing I will say just, just about David De Gea is his, I don't think he concedes more goals for not coming out of his line because I think his reactions are so Superb, good yeah. that he actually makes just as many saves. They just look more hairy than when Allison comes out and clears yeah, the ball. He's the best in the world to save him with his feet. Yeah, by the way, he is, he is absolutely. So is. I, I agree with that. I think it's a, I think it's a downgrade yeah. on the hay maybe, even now. Maybe it's a case of like you're just trying to get someone who can do a bit like when Liverpool binned off. Mignolet for carriers. Yeah. You just want someone who plays the way you play. But that's the point. If that's where they're at. Is that, is that Pickford? He boots a ball, that's all I know. I think is, it, be, is it Pickford? If you want be, Pickford involved in playing passes to your centre-back, is that the goalkeeper that you pick? No. Well, David Ryan might be that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's David what I'm saying. Is that, he's a definite, and he's, again, we've said before, he's above De Gea in the Spanish pecking order, so obviously yeah. it's him. Get Keith Keller in. Um, Pickford to Spurs and Raya to United would be a more sensible way sense. of going about it. Definitely yeah. for United. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, yeah. I want to move to... Not so much Tottenham. No, but where they're at, they could get away with getting Pickford over. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. 
Right then, let's move on. It's time for the first episode of Journal Insight this week. Neil Jones, before he went off on his holidays, spoke to us about Benjamin Pavard, who been linked with the French international from Bayern Munich. Neil's done some digging. He spoke to Liverpool, and here's what Liverpool had to say about that potential deal. We'll start then, Neil, if you don't mind, with Benjamin Pavard. I have got the story here from this is Anfield who have aggregated it for me and translated it which is nice of them um, they say Liverpool have emerged as a hot candidate for Bayern Munich defender Benjamin Pavard and contact has been made that claims a Bundesliga source a Bundesliga source rather goes down it was Christian Falk of Sport Build says true the agents of Benjamin Pavard are already talking to Liverpool um, we spoke about Benjamin Pavard briefly on, on a, a show yeah. last week and it was more of course we talked and he was like it didn't really make sense to me that because he wants to play centre-back. He wants to be a first choice. He doesn't really want to be a right-back. Um, I, I, I wouldn't understand why Le- he would go to Liverpool in the yeah. first place. Would be mad because I, I don't think he... Well, he doesn't get any ahead of Van Dijk. Liverpool are heavily invested in Ibrahim McKenna, and rightly so. He's proven that he's worth sticking with. This It just didn't... It, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. But obviously, Christian Falk's um, sourced otherwise that there might be some interest there. What, what's your understanding of all this? Yeah, I mean... I, I didn't think it made sense when it first emerged F- from his point of view and from Liverpool's point of view it was like I don't know it, it would be a sort of a if it was a free transfer or something like that you'd say oh maybe you know there'd be a little bit in there but um, it, it wasn't one of those that jumped out and you thought oh yeah that'd be, an, that'd be one that Liverpool would do from speaking to people at Liverpool and I have to be dif- you know you have to be careful with, with things like this because dismissing transfer stories especially transfer stories that are sourced by good journalists and reliable journalists is always a dangerous thing but Liverpool have dismissed it Liverpool have sort of said it's not true we're not we're not in for him we're not after him he's not a target um, and it'd be hard to say I mean you said he doesn't get in ahead of Van Dijk and Canate I'd, I'd argue he doesn't get in ahead of Matip or Gomez either you know if you were changing the team you might at right back in, in, in games if you wanted to rest Trent or move Trent into midfield but you know, this is this is someone who clearly wants to leave Bayern because of frustrations over what he's getting at Bayern. You know, they they signed obviously signed Cancelo, didn't they, in the in the window, and they've got obviously other players who are playing across that back line. I think there's I, a, a few players going to leave. And I don't think he wants to play right back anymore. I think no, he wants to go play centre. So I wouldn't say back. that. You know, I wouldn't say that Liverpool's the sort of obvious one. You say, hey, I can go and, I can go and smash it there. Um, his age, what, twenty seven? He's not really in Liverpool's sort of usual bracket of buying players buying players rather than buying players mm-hmm. um, so I think I've got a lot of doubts about it not least because Liverpool have said no so um, maybe there's an agent just trying to drum up some interest for a player who obviously needs, needs to get a move this season I think I think we said didn't we last week wasn't it the confirmed options were all was like Real Madrid Barcelona Liverpool Chelsea Man City maybe um, so he's clearly He's clearly going to um, look to get a good move this summer, the player, and obviously the agent as well. I suspect it's an agent-led story, this one, as opposed to a, anything anything truly in it. Yeah, and like I say, Liverpool have gone outside the window, and it was to sign a player from Bayern Munich when they went to Thiago. I say yeah. the window, the, the usual... Yeah, the what tw- you'd 20, for 26 and under, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and, and the of... price and everything about them, really. It, this one, That's what I got. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Liverpool signed a defender. I mean, it's getting toward maybe the will that we'll find out down the line. But again, the links, you, you would expect, like, 
24 and under, 20, yeah. 25 and under, etc. Like if, you, if you're thinking you're buying, you're buying really, if you're going to buy a defender, what are you buying it for? You're buying to, to offset the Van Dyke and Matip age thing and obviously probably the injury proneness of Canate Gomez. But that, that certainly the, the Van Dyke and Matip thing doesn't become really sort of big until 12 months' time. And Pavel Arley, 28 himself. So you're looking at, you know, you, what you're giving a four or five year contract out to a player. You're thinking, well, and it's not, listen, it's not Rafael Varane that, the, that, that they're being linked with or, you know, someone of that ilk that you're thinking, well, that, you know, okay, yeah, they're, they're a bit older, but they're world class. Tiago was the same one. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Tiago was one of those players that you sort of say, okay, if you're going to break your sort of, yeah. your, your, your mould for him, probably it was the, one of the players that you would do it for because he was so unique skill set, different, world class, just won the Champions League. Like, key figure for Bayern, wasn't he, at the time, with a year left on his contract. Pavard's a sort of, he's definitely a rung down on, on the sort of, the scale of, of, of talent and ability. You know, he's obviously had a good career, got a bit, a bit of versatility about him. He has upsides, but he's not one of those that you'd say, well, we throw everything out just, just to get this guy. You know, he's once in a lifetime sort of opportunity that this player is available. So, it, yeah, it... I, mean, I think there's going to be a lot of changes at Bayern, obviously, isn't there? I think, obviously, there's links with uh, Lucas Hernandez going away. Um, obviously, Sorry. Alfonso Davis, Sadio, yeah, of course. I think even Thomas Muller, Joshua Kimmich have sort of been linked. Coming, you know, Sane as well. They're, they're, being, they're being, you know, talked up as big changes with Harry Kane and Declan Rice being linked and Colin Mawani and people like that. But I don't know. I, I don't see Pavard as being one of those that you would, you would, you would go sort of out your way to, to get. He, he might be one of those a little bit like an Akanji or someone like that. You think, well, you know what, if he was available for 10 million, he's a nice little pickup who can play a couple of positions across the back. But I think you'd be looking at a bit more money than that. And like you say, from the player's point of view, you know, it doesn't tie in with what he what he apparently wants, does it? You know, this sort of chance to play centre-back and, and play regularly. I'm not sure he gets that at Liverpool. No, you're right. And like I say, this is my words rather than yours, so I'm going to clarify with that. But like, there are times where if Liverpool might dismiss something, you know, there's always a, are they telling the truth? Are they not? That's what we yeah. think. You don't have to think that. We can think that. Yeah. But on this one, it actually makes sense. There's the Pavard thing to me, other than the fact that maybe Liverpool thought we're going to throw 10 to midfield and we just want to buy a right back. That was the only way this would work. That's where it uh, makes sense. But if he wants to leave, not to play right back. And again, it, 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 I don't know. I reckon if Liverpool want to do that, they would, they would, be, a, they would be right backs out there who fit the profile more. What, what I would also say on, on the first bit is, Liverpool sources, Liverpool club sources, dismiss a lot of players that are linked to Liverpool because a lot of players are linked to Liverpool. When they do it in the, the terms that they were, he was dismissed to me, and I'm sure to others who've asked, you know, it won't just be me. It's very rare. In fact, I can't think of anyone that they've ever done it in that, in that sort of explicit terms of look it's not it's not it's not happening you know if you think back a few weeks Ugarte was linked quite strongly with Liverpool it wasn't dissimilar to what was said about Ugarte to me at the time and there was still massive stories appearing in Portugal and elsewhere and from what it looks like now it looks like Ugarte's not well he's certainly not coming to Liverpool but it looks like he's going to Paris Saint-Germain doesn't it um, it was similar to that so I'm inclined to believe it yeah. you know, it wasn't a case of you know, sometimes you might get the sort of wishy-washy dismissal of mm, not really much going on there or no, nothing, not at this moment in time or, or those kind of things. It wasn't that. It was, we don't want this player. So 
I think you have to, well, I have to, and I'm prepared to to take it at sort of at face value. But, you know, there's always the first time, isn't there, where, you know, it, it's it's something changes or it comes out. So it's not, this isn't me sort of saying, ignore those people who, who were reporting that. They're, they're, they're talking rubbish. They'll have got that from somewhere as well. So they'll, they'll trust their source. I'm going to trust mine on this one. And that's the thing, yeah, you're right, actually. And that's what you can do. Like, what's mm. interesting, mate, is that there's no, again, just in general on these kind of things, when I think straight away, all of us, a lot of us will read the transfer story and go, I believe that or I don't believe that. Yeah, and, yeah. and that is nothing to do with the source. Not because, like you say, an agent or a couple of agents or someone, at, there could be someone at buying and an agent going, oh yeah, Liverpool want him. And therefore you've got two reputable yeah. sources, you would run that story. But just from our point of view, there was never anything in the Pavar thing where I went, Yes, like that. Um, like we, we, we're going to speak later. We're going to speak about Kone. We're going to speak about Taram. Those are ones straight away where you can see the obvious lines to mm. Liverpool. I think it's quite. E- I thought this one was quite easy. And like I say, I'm not surprised Liverpool because I'm guessing. And we, you, we've spoken about it in the past. Remember, was it Otavio, the Portuguese guy? Yeah. Who said, like, like agents will just use Liverpool's name, or certain people will yeah, use yeah. Liverpool's name, and that that can be quite frustrating to Liverpool because. Ultimately, you don't sign this player, and then oh, you've missed out. I'm like, we were never in for him. Like, we haven't missed out on anyone. Yeah. Like, that, that that makes no sense. Yeah, absolutely that. And I th- I'd be interested to know what, fan- what Liverpool fans would think as well. You know, in the Discord and stuff. But it's not one as well where it's like I don't get the impression. That I, I I don't I really don't follow the the social media sort of response to things as much as I used to anyway but I wouldn't imagine that this is one that sort of got the pulse racing of anyone you know it's, I don't imagine anyone would have said oh god just get it done you know like it, it just feels a little bit like a sort of a a bit of a bit of a shrug sort of even if even if Liverpool were in it it'd be a bit of a all oh, right you know okay that's a sort of that's a strange sign and probably um but yeah I don't expect I don't expect him to be a Liverpool player this summer um you know Liverpool, whoever I've been speaking to at Liverpool doesn't either. So it's one of those. I think I think he's looking he's looking obviously to get out of Bayern. It'll be interesting to see where he does end up, but I don't think it'll be Anfield. Thanks for Neil for that one. Hope Neil's by the time listening to this. If he is indeed listening to it, he's on his oldies in Spain. So yeah, good luck to him for that one. Moving on then, time for transfer insight. Dan Club spoke to Bundesliga expert slash commentator Kevin Hatchard all about Liverpool potential defensive targets. It was an absolute belter conversation, and here's a clip from that. It's another area of the field that Liverpool are looking for reinforcements in. We've seen the shift in strategy towards the back end of the season, which meant Andy Robertson coming to the left side as centre-back. Canate had a hell of a lot of work to do. Did it really well, yeah. but he had a hell of a lot of work to do on the right-hand side. Now, there was a report this week, um, I think for Richard Romano tweeted it as well, as James Pearce saying it, that Liverpool in an ideal world would go and get a left-footed centre-back to sort of fill two roles on that side. Now, I think in an ideal world, again, Josko Gvardiel will be that man from RB Leipzig because he's just absolutely superb now I don't think they're willing to sell or they're unlikely to be anyway and if they are it's going to be a huge amount of money and you already mentioned the non-astronomical budget that Liverpool are likely yeah. to have so instead there's been some different possibilities knocking around and one of them is Mickey van der Ven now Liverpool have been linked with him in recent weeks. He's 22 year old. He does fit the bill in terms of being left-footed. Again, he made 33 appearances just last season, and he's made 41 appearances all in all from, since moving from FC Volendam. There is a Jörg Schmadke connection there. I wanted to ask you if you've been impressed, and I know it's not a huge sample size to go off, but just how good is this kid potentially going to be? 
I think for Liverpool, he'd be perfect if they could pull it off. Because what you want is you want somebody who's going to come in, be capable of playing first-team football, but also be aware enough that you're part of a massive football club and you're not going to play every game and and you're going to be heavily rotated in that regard. So he's somebody that could definitely come in and work with, you know, learn from Virgil van Dijk and, and grow in that way. Schmanker obviously knows him really well. Schmanker heavily involved in bringing him to Wolfsburg in the first place. And Ajax wanted him. Ajax thought they were there. They they were very, very keen. They were going to bring him in from Volendam and Wolfsburg nipped him, managed to get him. He's played almost every game in the Bundesliga this season. I think until late in the season, it was only him and Matthias Ginter who played every single minute. And Ginter went on to complete that and Van der Ven didn't. But he's quick. He's decent on the ball. Um, he seems to love defending. And he's pretty solid considering his age, considering mm. his relative lack of experience. So, yeah, not the finished article. You'd expect that at his age. And if they could come to the right deal with Wolfsburg, then, yeah, I could absolutely see that making sense because he'd be a perfect fit uh, in terms of a squad role. And again, you've got to then convince him that he's going to be a decent part of it. Again, this is always the problem with bringing in young players or actually any player, you've got to say to them, look, we know we've got really established 14, 15, 16 players, but you've got a genuine chance of getting in. Because the one thing he won't want to do, having played all that football for Wolfsburg, is step in and start five games. But, you know, no player's going to want to do that. So I understand the target. I think it'd be a great signing for what Liverpool needs. Um there are a few hoops to jump through, I imagine. And Wolfsburg tend to be a club where the price, there is a price for everyone. So if Liverpool can get to that number, that's something I think they could probably do. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by that. I didn't expect you to be as sold. I'm not sure why, but yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Um, I think, like you say, it does make a lot of sense what we're looking to do. And I actually think sort of on the amount of football fronts, and this goes for a lot of Liverpool youngsters who are already at the club, by the way, as well. I know we've seen Calvin Ramsey's heading out on loan yesterday, which might mean Conor Bradley steps up, essentially. But this is looking like a quite young squad actually moving forwards, like Sir Ben Doak, Bobby Clark, obviously you mentioned sort of Fabio Carvalho, who knows what happens with him, but Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. I actually think Europa League would be a benefit in that sense because you can offer these youngsters more Europa League games than you yeah. could Champions League. Like you can't you can't throw Mickey van der Ven in instead of Virgil van Dijk when you've got Napoli away for argument's sake in the first game of the Champions League, which Liverpool always seems to have. Um, but yeah. if it's you the know traditional fixture, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If it's a different club, I don't want to disrespect anyone or a different club in the Europa League, maybe you can give these youngsters a game. So yeah, I think Liverpool could actually benefit from that in the long term. And I wasn't saying that two months ago, let me tell you. Um, and just finally, I've got one last player and it's over on the other side now because I mentioned there's a bit of a dispute going on about whether we need the right-sided one or the left-sided one. But the final one is Jurien Timber. Now, I originally wanted to speak to you about Benjamin Pavard, but our very own Neil Jones um, quashed those links quite quickly yesterday. So Jurien Timber, uh, 21-year-old, soon-to-be-22-year-old Dutch international, 
plays right back and plays centre back and he also spoken about the possibility of moving I think it was just yesterday I think he said will I stay with Ajax anyway I'm not sure so he's not convinced where do you stand on Timber in terms of his ability and a potential move to Liverpool I like him I do like him. I, th- I think uh, he's shown his quality at international level. He's shown his quality for Ajax. Good on the ball. Confident bringing it out, which is what you want. Mm. Um, somebody who could deal with playing that high line that Liverpool do. But you never, when you're moving from the Eredivisie to a real top league, with all respect to the Eredivisie, Ajax dominate. Most of their games have been tougher for them this season. Obviously, Eric Ten Hag is a big fan, has worked with him. So United have been very, very strongly linked with him and understandably so. Um, He's somebody that Louis van Gaal likes. And if van Gaal likes you, that's generally a good sign because he doesn't like that many players. So if he likes you, that's a good sign. So, again, you know, a, a good player and somebody who I think could absolutely do a job for Liverpool. I think the the thing you've got to be always a little wary of, I think, is again, for me, Konate is is an enormous talent. Enormous talent. And I, and I for me, when he's fit, he has to start. Mm-hmm. That that would be the way I would always look at it. And I know every top club's want comp- competition for places. I get that you you always want that situation. But I'd be slightly sceptical about anything that threatens Konate. And I know Konate's had injury, so I get that. Yeah. So people will people will be screaming in the comments, yes, but he's injured lots. I That's get that. Yeah. I get that. But I do think he's got to be top dog going forward because he can do it. He can absolutely do it. So, look, Timber would be a good signing. Again, you've got to convince him, is yeah. he going to play? You know, he sees Van Dyke there as well and goes, mm, I know he's pretty good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, a top club like Liverpool wants top players and and he he has potential considering he's so young, he's played a lot of football yeah. uh, at a high level. So, yeah, if again, if Liverpool were to make that signing, that is an exciting signing. Whether it will happen is a completely separate issue. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Thank you to Dan and to Kev for that one. Next up then, the second episode of JNO Insight this week. Like I mentioned earlier, Neil Jones jetted off to Spain for a well-deserved break, but we found a more than adequate replacement in the form of the Athletics' James Pierce. Yeah, James recently wrote an article about Liverpool's midfield targets, the state of play, where we're up to. So I asked him about that and specifically about Nisa's Kefren Taram. Kefren Taram is the name on everybody's lips now. You mentioned before, yeah, the impatience of Simon McAllister. Well, what's next? What's next? What's next? If I like Kefren Tam, there's been a variety of reporting and social media buzz and all kinds. Deals agreed, deals not agreed, terms agreed, terms not agreed. Now, in your report, I think I'm going to semi-quote you here. You said senior sources have proved dismissed speculation. They've already agreed personal terms with the players' representatives. I think that's important to say because you know, Liverpool have been bitten in the past by by leaks and stories and things going wrong. Um, nice to have some clarification on, I suppose. Um, that again, where are we, where where do you think where where are we at with this whole situation? And is that just a nutshell? Liverpool might like him, but doesn't that's about where we're at? Yeah, they they certainly really like him. I think that's the thing. Sometimes with these things, people jump to conclusions. They're like, "Oh, you said it. You said Taram's not happening." It's like a no point. If I said it's not happening, <laughs> it's just not on the brink. You know, I I was reading reports last week that you know the player side was already done, and it was just a case of you know dotting a few i's and crossing a few t's um with nice um that's that's not the case um yeah of course they've had discussions with Taram's representatives in the same way as you know some of those other names on that on that shortlist you know you think of Kone and and Vega and and, and Lavia and Gravenberch of course at, uh, at Bayern who they they really like but i think the Gravenberch one is you know, unless Bayern's stance changes, um, up to this point, Bayern have been pretty adamant that they're not willing to to, to sell him. So, so yeah, I think you know when you look at Taram, you can understand why Liverpool are interested. Um, and he, yeah, he certainly is um, on that list. It's just it's not as far down the road. I've been told as as some people have suggested. And that doesn't mean that next week it could it could be very well and truly a long way down the road. Um, obviously, there's the slight added complication of the under-21 Euros, which, um, which you know, could have an impact because I think most of the players on that shortlist actually are involved in that tournament. So I think, you, you know, unless anything happens imminently, you're probably looking at when, when those players' involvement in the tournament comes to an end. But... Um, yeah, and it's it's just a very different dynamic, I think, the Taram one to say McAllister because with McAllister it was very much about, you know, because of the clause in his contract, if you can do the deal with the player, then effectively you've done the deal because the the, the club to club bit was always going to be straightforward. This is different because, you know, Nice you wanna get you know, if they do sell Taram, they wanna get absolute maximum for him. Um so, you know, it probably suits their agenda really to, you know, especially if he ends up having a great tournament. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and I, and I, th- I just get the impression from Liverpool's perspective, you know, since the McAllister one, there's, you know, I know people are like eager for the next one, but it's like, you know, what is it, three weeks at least until, you know, anyone reports back for pre-season? You know, it's, 
you know, if we're, if, if we're still in a situation come the second week in July when it's only McAllister, then I think you, it would be quite understandable to be frustrated. But yeah, not at the moment. It also feels, James, like, you know, Liverpool can if they really wanted to. I like, think these things go f- quite quickly. It happened with McAllister where the button, right, it's happening. I mean, you can have, yeah. you can do a lot of the the, the legwork before you before it goes. I, I think we saw that with McAllister. The chat about him, and obviously from yourselves and all the reporters, were like, yeah, there's interest, there's interest, there's nothing, there's nothing, and then bang, it happens quite quickly. So you're right, it does feel like the the these these things can change very, very quickly. Like say, Liverpool are saying there's no agreement now. That doesn't mean there's not an agreement. We, we had Neil Jones, obviously a colleague in, in the past of yours, who said last week, like, Liverpool, when he asked about Benjamin Pavard, they were like, no, that, that you, can, yeah. you can rule that one out. Over the, the, we're not really getting that with these ones. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it, do, it does feel like, like say, it can change relatively quickly. It just takes one agreement, one call, one, one bit of business, and it, and it can. You know, we could be sat here in six hours, and this story could evolve quickly. But yeah, the, the fact that he's away with France does that. Like you mentioned before, does that maybe reduce the chances of that? I don't know. Obviously, because there's a third party involved. It's not just Nissan, Liverpool, and Taram. Actually, a fourth party. It's the French national squad are involved in this as well. They've got a, you know, if there's medicals or contracts or training sessions, all that kind as well. That might again, that might be the reason why you know people might have to be a bit patient, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's certainly an element of that in terms of you know these international fixtures, um, you know, are a bit of a stumbling block to any club trying to trying to get deals done at the moment. Um, so and there just isn't that sense of I know I know like you know I, I get a lot of people on social media saying well. Just pay whatever, you know. Just just get the deal done, you know. If, you know, pay whatever, and it's like, well, that's that's not really how negotiations work, is it? And it's as I said, you know, it's not like there is a set fee that you, pay. you know, Nice want to maximise whatever they can get for him. Liverpool, obviously, you know, it, if if they decide to push the button on it, they they want to they want to get value themselves. So um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there hasn't been a a quick resolution to that one. You know, he is. He is widely admired um, by Liverpool's recruitment staff, um, and it's just a case of yeah. I think you know I, it was I, I was told it was you know, for the for Schmacker. Obviously now the complete takeovers you know happen now from Julian Ward to him, and you've got him having discussions with lots of clubs and lots of agents, establishing exactly what is possible and at what price, and then you know at some point Liverpool will have to decide to to push the button on at least one of those and. Um, I, th- I, I, you know, I think it, it'll be, you know, we know there'll be at least one more midfield. I think probably two, um, but you know, it's I, th- I, th- I think how much they probably spend on the first one will have then a a knock on effect in terms of the second one. But obviously, the I think the relatively low fee for McAllister gives them gives them a fair bit of room for manoeuvring as well. Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting, I love this from from a reporting point of view. Don't mind is that usually with Liverpool's target. It's a specific player. So, for example, you know, a Schumacher or a Van Dijk or Allison. They weren't looking at other goalies, or it was them or nothing. This year, the fact that you've just mentioned there, there's five names that you just rolled off, haven't already signed Alexis McAllister. Like, it, it does feel like Liverpool have, have, you know, maybe I don't know, cast the wide net. Is that how you're maybe interpreting this yeah. as well? And then I'm guessing within that five, there's an all a preference of who they'd most like to, they'd least like. Yeah. But the fact that they maybe can't, they can't afford not to get someone. But I suppose from your point of view. In the past, where you're maybe reporting or, or chasing up, I suppose, like Van Dyke or Allison, now it's like there's five people there. It's, it's impossible to get information about yeah. all these all the time. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's also part of it, I think, is where the squad's at now because I think previously the argument was always, well, 
the squad's operating at such a high level yeah. that there's a very small pool of players that could come in and improve things. And um, But I don't think that's the case now because obviously just from a pure numbers perspective, you've lost you know, three in, you know, Keita, Mill and Oxlade-Chamberlain, four if you count Arthur Mello, but, you know, I don't think anyone seriously thinks Arthur <laughs> Mello needs to be replaced because of the, the minutes, the minutes there. Um, Those so 13 think, minutes and Napoli yes, needs yeah, to so box that off, yeah. The, um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think that's part of it, that obviously, yeah, now it, there are a lot more players out there that could improve yeah. what Liverpool have got. And I think it's quite telling that those names that have been well-documented, they're all of a similar ill can't they in terms of I think they're all 22 or under um, you know all you know have caught the eye and you know performed at a decent level but have got the kind of high ceiling that that Klopp likes in terms of you know their best years still way ahead of them and kind of potential rather than the, the, the absolute finished product so um, so yeah it's going to be interesting to see see which way they go but uh, yeah I still think I still think that you know the midfield and and defensively, I think we'll we'll see reinforcements. Yeah, I was going to say this question till the end. We we ask our Discord users sometimes send questions, but you mentioned the age profile there, and perhaps this one we got a, a question from MP Daniels. He said, "If Barella is available, given these links to Newcastle recently, why and Liverpool are known to like him? Why do you think they are making a move for him?" My, my guess, and I'm going to is the age. I mean, I don't I don't think the, I mean I might be wrong. Fifty million pound feels like about what they're going to spend on somebody, perhaps, but. I think a lot of eyebrows were raised when it was a player. I think it's been widely... I think Pep Linders wrote it in his book how much they admired Barella. And then all of a sudden you see Newcastle. And, and like, losing out on a player to Real Madrid is one thing, losing out to Newcastle, but it doesn't feel like Liverpool are ever really in this one. It, do you think it is the age profile? Like you mentioned before, all these other players that were linked with are in their early 20s and Barella's 27. Yeah, I, I, well, I think there's a couple of elements to it. I think that would probably be one. But I think also... You know the response from people. Twenty six, rather. I'm going to correct 20, Twenty six. Yeah, yeah. but I think I think also probably the bigger reason would be that you know the noises coming out of Inter and people well connected to them um, last night was that there's absolutely no chance that he'd be going anywhere for fifty million. That that yeah. would be absolutely derisory, and that you know Inter don't want to sell him. And even if they did, you know, you'd be looking at way way beyond that. So I think it would be more. You know, I think if Barella was seriously available for fifty million pound and there was a deal there to be done, I think I think that probably shifts the landscape. But I don't I don't think that's the that's the reality. And I know although there's interest from Newcastle, I think I think the the reports out of Italy were like you know that. It's a, it's a, you know the, the idea that he's on the brink of going there isn't isn't the case and you know talking about profile I think you know James Ward Prowse was another name I think that I've seen mentioned the last week or so and um, but again I was told you know he just doesn't he doesn't fit the profile and I think was he twenty eight I think he is Ward Prowse and um, you know it just I think and again I just don't think that one makes sense when I mean, you look at you know where he's at in his career and you know would him and in a starting midfield at Liverpool. You know, you know, make the difference. I mean, I just no, no. You, you'd maybe have him as a as a squad player, um, but you know, I, I don't think he would want he would want that. And I don't think it would make sense for the kind of money that it would take as well. Thanks to James for coming in and giving up his time for that one. Really appreciate it. Like I said, it was an excellent conversation. You guys, I'm sure, will love it when you check it out. Finally, then another Liverpool journalist. We've done James Pierce. We've done Neil Jones. How about a little bit of David Lynch in your lives as well? Yeah, he spoke to Dan Club on another episode of Transfer Insight. Gosh, we're spoiling you this week. So yeah, Dan. David, take it away. A couple more names just to sort of touch upon in the midfield department potentially. Um, 
Van Gravenberch. Now, this is a name who's been linked a lot with Liverpool again. I know he spoke yesterday about being a preference to stay in Bayern Munich, but he did also caveat that by saying, I want more football. Um, again, this one feels to me a little bit like Lavia in many senses, that it's kind of out of our hands, but if the sort of if the ducks fall in a row, Liverpool will swoop potentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think with this one, it's it sort of it, it very so much rides on the conversation he's ultimately going to have with Thomas Tuchel about what his plans for him are next season. Um, that that's the key factor here. And you know, when when we report, for example, that you know Liverpool are taking stock at the moment, you know, and people get frustrated. Okay, well, why have they got the targets? Why don't they know? You know, why aren't they moving quickly all the time? But there are things you can't control. And this is a really good example of them with Gravenberch is that he doesn't know whether he's going to be playing at Bayern next season. And if he isn't, he's going to demand to leave. So uh, once that conversation, you know, is had, then then Liverpool could maybe make the move if it, if it falls on the side of, of Tuchel, maybe saying, you know, I don't see you as a, a major, major starter next season. Then he will want to make the move to Anfield. And I think Liverpool will want to hold on there as well because, you know, Gravenberch isn't just some midfielder who they admire. They, they've liked him for a long, long mm. time. They obviously know that, statistically fit the profile in terms of what they need in certain position in midfield and and the, you know it would be really ideal signing for them you know I think they were quite gutted to miss out on him when he went to Bayern so you know I think hanging on there and seeing if he can do that deal sort of makes sense for someone that you think is so ideal for you so yeah. I think that's what you know again just one you've got to hang in there and, and, and see what his conversations with the Bayern manager end up producing and and then maybe he ends up at Anfield because I think, you know, it, it would get to the stage, I think, if, if Bayern told him that he that he wasn't going to be playing a significant role next season, then I think he would be all over and move to Liverpool because he is fully aware of the fact that they, they really like him and mm. they've got an obvious role for him as well. So um, I think, yeah, it, it's just one you've got to keep an eye on and, and sort of see how it plays out. But hopefully that conversation between him and his manager happens sooner rather than later and Liverpool can get a resolution on that because that will either be yes we're going in for grabbing birch we know how much we've got to pay and or it'll be okay let's move on to the next target yeah absolutely Liverpool will be pushing for that conversation to happen quite quickly I would imagine to be honest because like you say we're not going to want to wait around I think I actually think he's a player worth waiting for but there's a cut off to that point like you say we're not going to we can't be having this conversation in a month's time and be like, oh, I wonder what's happening to Gravenberg. So that just can't be the case. Um, but to the point as well, I make you right about stylistically. I think he's not too far removed from Jude Bellingham, who obviously we know we absolutely adored. So having courted him for a while, he's going to know we want him. We've done business with Bayern Munich, obviously in the very recent past. So who knows? That could well could well come to fruition. Um, one final one in terms of incomings, potential incomings. Um, it's an interesting name. It's a name that doesn't seem to be going away, actually. It's Gabby Vega from Celta Vigo. Now, so young, like had a brilliant season in La Liga. And a lot of these signings are very young. So just on Vega, do you think there is a genuine interest there from Liverpool? And do you think this policy or this apparent policy of going for such young, fresh blood, if you like, in many senses, do you think that's a wise one from the Reds? Yeah, so Gabby Vega, I know that there is some interest there. Liverpool have, have watched him closely. I know they've, they've had scouts there watching him basically all season and, and, and really and you look at the numbers he's been putting up this season for a Celta side who have been sort of more towards the bottom yeah. of the league and, and a threat of relegation is pretty impressive. Um, you know, he's clearly a really talented young player. But I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether he is sort of viewed as an alternative to, say, Gravenberch in okay. terms of that number eight who can push on and score goals from time to time. Um, you know, th that's the that's where it's hard to sort of pick apart really exactly how he's viewed by the recruitment staff, whether he is right high up there mm. or whether, you know, it's like 
if we can't get Gravenberch, yeah. he would be a really good alternative. It's it's really sort of difficult to pick that apart, really. But I know, yeah, I know for a fact he's on the list and and definitely someone they like. Again, you know that that wouldn't be a particularly difficult deal to do. It looks like because he's got a release clause, so Liverpool know exactly what they'll need to do there. So. Um, you know, you know, it's just one we're going to have to watch to see how it plays out. But I think, you know, in terms of his age and his profile, um, yeah, he, he's on the younger side of things. I think, I think what Liverpool are looking for at the moment really is you, you've got McAllister in now, who is mm-hmm. bang at the just at the start of his peak now. So that that's ideal. Yeah. And then what you what you get in next is you don't want someone who is sort of similarly aged to maybe um, a Harvey Elliott. Do you want someone who's a little bit more advanced than that? And I think, you know, you look at Toram, he, he's in that age bracket, just, to, you know, again, just maybe just short of his peak, just coming yeah. towards it. Um, and I think that's very, they want that sort of nice age mix in the midfield and to bring that back because I think that's something Liverpool have really suffered with in recent years. You know, mm-hmm. midfield got got sort of old together and, they and did, the ones yeah. who were in the peak age, which was Oxley Chamberlain and Abby Cater, had real fitness problems and weren't really in the manager's plans. So they're just trying to rejig that now and, and hopefully what will happen and, and what we'll be looking at at the end of this summer is a, a sort of a refreshed age profile in that midfield that, that's got real balance. Yes, some youth in it. You know, Stefan Bajcetic, for example, I think he's going to play a really big role next season. Elliot as well. But mm-hmm. also that that real experience and some peak age players, as well as any Jordan Henderson who can come in from time to time and, and, and really contribute. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. There does need to be more of a balance there because last season the midfield was just catastrophic quite frankly wasn't it and, and even the players who should still be in the prime like Fabinho I think just through sheer amount of football he played the year early he just his legs fell off essentially but again I still hold out hope that the likes of Fabinho even Thiago to a lesser extent and Jordan Henderson when called upon this coming season provided that the right players were already in place these signings that we're talking about the likes of Harvey Elliott Curtis Jones etc there'll be better players for it yeah. to be able to but play better football because of playing less. I, th- I think it's no coincidence that, you know, the, the games where Thiago and Fabinho and Henderson looked their best was when they had some more energy around them. Like, for mm-hmm. example, when Bajetic was coming in and he was at, he was absolutely everywhere and, 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 you know, getting legs around mm-hmm. these players, these experienced players can really sort of, you can get more years out of them. Um, I'm also hoping, you know, Fabinho is, is a good example. I think he's the one who should still, he should still have a lot more to give. I'm hoping a good summer's rest, hopefully for him, you know, come back in a full pre-season and, and not that disturbance of the World Cup in the middle as well. Um, hopefully that, you know, you will see a big improvement for him. You know, mm-hmm. Henderson's minutes being managed, which is needed to, I think it needed to happen last season. That that They needed to get ahead of that and they didn't. Um, and the same with Thiago really is he's almost using him as a luxury player and not someone you're reliant on completely. But when he can come in, he's absolutely fabulous footballer, isn't he? So um, hopefully that, you know, managing their minutes a little bit with some really top class additions will just make a, a really nice midfield mix for, for Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, absolutely. If you can drop someone of the class of Thiago in as and when you choose instead of needing him to play six games yeah. and you can almost see his, his power bar going down by the sixth game and you think, oh, he's getting injured here. And yeah. you can drop him in as and when you want. You're onto something pretty good. Cheers to Dan and to Dave for that one. Another excellent conversation. Like I did say at the top of the show, if you want to check out those entire conversations, plus loads, 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 loads more in terms of our back catalogue and, of course, upcoming content as well. We've got interviews, podcasts, interviews, podcasts, 
documentaries, we've got the Bobby Firmino stuff, we've got absolutely all kinds that can keep you entertained as Liverpool. Have a little break, but the transfer stuff rumbles on. We've got you covered every step of the way. Redmenplus.com, sign up and go and get some amazing Liverpool content in your lives and support everything we do here at Redmen TV. I'll be back next week. Hope you all have a good weekend. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.